0: you can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now, on with the show. Hey everyone, I have an exciting show for you today. I actually we're going to be bringing on an expert and we're going to be we're going to be asking questions about 2021, right? We're recording this the end of November. It'll be posted today. But the real question is because, you know, we're potentially deploying hundreds of thousands if not millions of dollars next year. And I think there's some pretty critical questions, at least I have, I have a list of 10. And I'm sure he does as well. So let's welcome Tom to the show. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, how you doing? Good to see you Yeah, nice to see. you. I always like talking to other experts. I love, I love competing ideas. I love hearing where I'm wrong, um, because again, this real estate investing is is you know, it, it has its ups and downs. And uh, you know, you and I have been doing this for quite a while. So, uh, Tom, why don't you go ahead and introduce the audience to who you are? We we've, we've spoken no. many times, but uh, go for it.
1: Sure. And, uh, first of all, I'm. I'm, I'm waiting for a big down. Um, so hopefully that comes soon. Um, yeah, so I'm Tom Stobbe. I'm the founder of the Real Estate Investing Academy, um, which is really just a way to help people get started in real estate investing and you know, essentially building out your passive income and wealth and yada yada, right? Um, and that has formed from really over um, an experience of 12 years of my life doing real estate, real estate investing and now merging into more development projects. Um, one of the cool things that we're doing as of late, we're, we have 75 acres just south of the Grand Canyon. We're developing a, uh, a I guess, luxury resort for glamping, uh, which will be rolled out here Q3, Q4 of next year. We're also developing a uh, small subdivision next to that. So that's been a great learning experience. Um, and so I, that's what we're up to right now. And. You know, if you don't know, Zuber and I, we, we've had several of these interviews and we definitely go back and forth on a number of topics. So yeah. it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Very, again, I, I came to you on purpose, right? I'm like, hey, I know I know a guy I got to ask these questions of. So let's give you a softball question first. Um, obviously, 30 year interest rates, owner occupants today are below 3%. So, you know, what do you think the chances are they stay below, let's say, 3.5%? For all of 2021? Again, owner occupant, 30 year high credit, all that stuff.
1: Yep. I would say pretty high, right? Uh, We have the new Fed chief coming in, um, Mm -hmm. which was the one under Obama, Janet Yellen. Mm -hmm. And she's notorious for essentially mirroring that of Ben Bernanke. So she was definitely on the tear of increasing rates um, before she left. Uh, But, you know, I'm guessing until there's any stability in the market, she's probably going to be a little more conservative in doing so. Um, and that obviously has impact to, to the mortgage rates. But mm-hmm. um, I don't foresee how they could increase rates yeah. substantially to where it's really going to sway people from buying homes or investment properties in yeah. the near term.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it, again, that was a softball. I don't think there's any chance. they. I, I frankly don't see them going above three. But just in case there's something walking in the economy, I said three and a half. Uh, I think you can pretty much count on 30 year mortgage rates, you know, good down payment, good credit being below three and a half percent. And again, Yellen's coming in for the being the treasury uh, and Powell will be the fed. So um, really having that close connection between the treasury and the fed, uh, I think it's going to be powerful. And I think guarantees rates stay below three and a half on the 30 year next year. So that's what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Agreed.
0: All right. So that was an easy one. Uh, Here's, here's one that's, um, an interesting discussion because I see it potentially being one of those things that have unintended consequences. So one of the talks is potentially creating a $15,000 home buyer tax credit, right? Specifically for first time home buyers. So let's just assume that happens. What do you think that does to housing, especially first time, you know, kind of affordable housing next year?
1: Yeah. You know, um, I saw your interview, I think it was yesterday with a guy from Vegas and I, I, Which was an awesome interview if you all haven't seen it definitely watch that that's the way markets should be reported on that's that's fantastic uh data fantastic point of views from people on the ground so um i think one of his comments was spot on you know the problem isn't demand yeah there's more demand than we need right now in the markets um i was just telling you before the call we've seen a 13 to 16 percent uh appreciation in austin in the last nine months
0: Wow.
1: Like ridiculous numbers, right? Uh, and that's because if you go to um, Zillow and you type in Austin and you try to find anything at reasonable price, you can't find it because it's not being built, right? Right. Um, and so to his point, wh- where that credit should be going to is some sort of tax incentives for developers. And I can tell you as, as now a developer um, or a small developer, if you will, um, hmm. The margins are not there unless you're building a certain price point, really above a quarter million. Wow. Uh, you got land. I mean, just, just to put it in, in, in perspective, um, to build out just basic septics, roads, whatever, on a small five lot subdivision that I'm doing, it's a quarter million dollars, right? Wow. The land itself costs, you know, a quarter million to a half million. Uh, material costs, the, the permits, the fees, it adds up. So if you can't make a decent margin on that, you're not gonna build the homes. And that, that's what we're seeing is that developers are simply not building the homes that we need to build, which are in that price point of 150 to $300,000, $300, $100, right? Right. So to his point yesterday, it's like, well, we don't need more demand on that segment. We need more tax breaks for the developers to be able to produce affordable housing for first-time home buyers. So I think Biden's intent is is uh, is a good one, right? really yeah. will see journey to wealth. but we're giving the wrong incentive to the wrong people.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's misguided. It's certainly repeating something that worked last time, right? When his boss created the $8,000 tax credit, that was the absolute right time. 100%. Because at that time we had weekly supply increases and nobody was buying, right? No, no. So that was perfect, right? Now with, you know, my market has a month's supply of inventory. You add in a tax credit. I mean, the only thing it does is, increase prices. I mean, prices will go up like that.
1: Yeah. Um, be, you know, I, and I, I, would, I would piggyback off all this to say, you know, I, I work with a lot of clients and four or five years ago, I, I had to sell the idea of, you know, buying a rental property. Like yeah. I had a push to explain why that makes sense. Now with Kiyosaki coming out, people like yourself, super, who have a lot of traction in the market, uh, myself teaching courses, people know now that it makes sense to buy rental properties. Yeah. It's a no-brainer, Right. Well, you have that demand, you have all the first-time home buyers, uh, and now you have this tax credit. It's just, it's so much demand that, like you said yesterday, um, I think the price increases on single-family homes in that $150,000, $300,000 price point is going to be substantial.
0: Yeah. The other thing I just want to say about this tax credit is, at least in my market, and I'm assuming most markets, what didn't happen in 2020 was the move-up buyer, right? The move-up buyer, right? They bought the house five or 10 years ago. You know, they've gotten raises, but they were going to move to a nicer home, bigger home, nicer part of town, but they just didn't in 2020, right? They just said, nope, nobody touched my stuff. I don't know what's going on. I'm just staying put, right?
1: Yep. And you're, if, you're, you're you're 100% correct. And uh, it's it's easy to see that you're correct by looking at the stocks, of Lowe's in Home Depot. Yeah. They had killer years in the past few years because of this.
0: Yeah, painting and updating. Yep. So again, if you only put the other thing that's wrong with the $15 tax credit, if you only put it on... Uh, first-time home buyers, you don't incent the move-up buyers. So the one thing I would tweak, if they really want to do it, is make it a tax credit for buying a home.
1: Yep. yep. Right.
0: Buying. Let's even make it more specific, so we don't help the rich. Buying your your owner-occupied home, right? Yeah. And let's make it below a million bucks or some kind of level, so we don't get the gazillionaires doing it. Because right. if we don't incent move-up buyers. We're not going to get the first time. The supply is not there, man. Oh my God. I mean, prices would go up 50 grand.
1: Yeah. And let me, um, I'll talk about a little secret. So, the reason that my partner and I picked Arizona, where we're developing, and it's about 30 minutes west of Flagstaff, the reason that we picked this area um, one, lands cheap. Two, it's Arizona. So, it's pro business for, for the most part. But three, if you go to Redfin or Zillow and you circle a radius of 40 miles and you type in one fifty to $30,000, a three to you know, average square footage. Uh, I, I did this last week. There were four properties. Yeah, <laughs> Four. And it's like, it, clearly across the nation, in, in, in most healthy markets, we have a massive shortage of supply. And yeah, you know, we, you know, so.
0: Yeah. So that's actually number, number. my question number three is right there, supply is, when do you think inventory shows up? Inve- what,
1: a, what a great question. So Ken Moparoy, um, you know, he's in the camp of crash, bloom and doom. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's recently peddled back a little bit and he knows that he's, too broad in his statements. Yeah. So he's, he is dialing in a little bit. on. Dude, I called him out
0: on that. He did that video. I'm like, dude, Ken, you're way off, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I nailed him on that. It was crazy. I can't believe he said that 40%. He's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the thing is
1: the inventory is coming. Right. Um, and it's not good inventory for builders. Um, they are building for sure, but not as much as they should be. But, um, I, I believe, and I just read a report this morning, uh, the foreclosure wave is going to happen in the C&D class areas, primarily, right? We'll mm-hmm. get people in San Francisco and New York who go belly up, but I think places like in Vegas and places in Florida um, that are heavy tourism, heavy service, exactly. hospitality, exactly. the people who are in those markets and working are, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're living in C&D class areas. And if they own a home, they're not going to be in a pinch. And I think that's where we're going to see the majority of the foreclosures. Um, So it's, yes, we'll see inventory, but I don't think it's the inventory that we want to see. Yeah,
0: Yeah. again, that's that's the issue, right? Uh, Because again, there's a lot of people talking about a crash next year. And it feels like I do a, there is no crash next year video every week. There will be cities that get hurt, right? This is going to be hyper local, right? And just picking on Vegas and why I talk to Brian every month is because it's coming. I mean, you can't have 15% unemployment. You can't have 87% collections and not eventually have a problem, right? It just doesn't work. You, there's too many holes in the dike that people that poke you know, the finger over, eventually it's going to bu- burst, but that's yeah. not the country. The country right. is fine. The country will probably be up 10% or more when you put it all together yeah. and you shake it up and you yeah. get an average. So I will take on any, including Ken McElroy, to have a debate about 2021 nationally speaking because i'm willing to bet you know a thousand bucks on any charity they want that we yeah. have a 10 percent appreciation countrywide yes agreed. there may be a city that has a 30 percent crash but that a, a, a single city is not the country um, no
1: agreed um right and you know I, and you and i and people like us hope that there's a crash we're, we're, I mean, that's that's how we make our money, right? So we're, well, at least a big part of it. So we're, we're looking to, to find markets to have that. I do think places like Miami and Vegas obviously will see the pain and I am going to be scouting heavily for deals. Uh, yeah. But um, I think you're spot on. I mean, you know, again, I live in Austin. I look around here and I'm like, there is absolutely no sign of any headwinds here.
0: Yeah, uh, it, let's just say, I mean, and this is the problem, right? Everybody quotes these bullshit numbers now. Right. There's 3.2 million people in forbearance and this, that, and the other. And they're they're all acting like the 3.2 million is going to equal foreclosures. That's not how it works. Right. I I would tell you probably greater than 50% of those are just people taking a payment holiday. And they could have paid. Right. But they had a chance to take a breath and they did. It's, it's just, it's just nuts, but there will be cities where that domino falls and there'll just be inventory coming. So anyways, so when we talk, we talk about single family homes, the other thing that I've seen in this crisis, unlike my last 20 years is this crisis has been extremely positive for single family and not so great for, you know, apartments, right? The little small 500, 600 square foot apartments, because again, this crisis has told us space is good. So at least in my market, and I'd love to see this in Austin. What I am forecasting in 2021 is obviously prices are going to go up again. Prices in Fresno, I think are up 12 or 15% already this year. They'll probably go up another 12 or 15% next year. But what happens next, which people don't see coming is rents fall in behind that. Because what happens is prices go up, affordability gets tighter and people can't buy, they rent. So I'm guessing that rents are going to go up pretty substantially for affordable houses because, space is good. You want a backyard for your kids. You want a garage for your stuff. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking rents are going to go up.
1: Yeah. So I would, I, it's interesting. I, you know, and I've um, I've t- to be honest, I've kind of fallen off the multifamily um, bandwagon and train because it's just been so ridiculous for so long. Mm. Uh, cap rates, you know, four to 6% nationwide Great. on average. To me, that's, just not worth it. Now, we'll get, we'll not get into it now, but there's fantastic tax strategy, as you know, Mm-hmm. with multi-family buildings. Um, but if you're not doing that from that standpoint or have huge syndications, I don't know why why you would do it. So, but I think you're spot on. I think people are realizing the space is really important with kids staying home from COVID, uh, if they do work from home, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of that going on uh, in terms of, so my portfolio is primarily single-family homes now. I've sold all my multi-family units um, and I, they're performing fantastic.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I'm right. seeing four to six percent price increases every year. Uh, I have higher demand than I've ever had in terms of getting people in the properties. Me too. My returns are a lot faster because of that. Um, it's it's working quite well. Uh, now I have friends that own multifamily uh, units that are that are not in such a good uh, situation, um, and I don't know all the reasons as to why. I'd be curious to get your thoughts since you you might still own buildings. Yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, I own buildings. Yeah.
1: So what, I mean, what are you seeing in terms of the just The overall demand for those units, what's, what, what's happening there?
0: Well, that's it's kind of what you just said. Um, and why I think rents are going to go up in single family, that's where I want to buy my I'm, I'm, everything I buy in 2021 is going to be single family. Uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, I do own some buildings, I bought them right, you know, in the 10,000 2010 crash, so I can have them, but um, non payments are up. Um, you're gonna you're, you're having higher vacancies, higher turns. Uh, it's not quite. 2008 pain, that was actually the worst year to be a landlord with apartments because everybody was buying homes. But yeah, multifamily is in trouble. I, I guarantee you there will be busted syndications. Any vintage 2017, 2018, 2019, people who bought with IO or interest-only structures and they're going fully amortized now at exactly the wrong time. There are going to be many uh, syndicators who A, stop their preferred returns, then they get a call from the bank saying they're in technical default because again they were saying three percent vacancies and rent increases. Rents are going down in many markets. Vacancies are going way up. Expenses are going way up. And uh, you know if you're doing a value add deal, oh my God, your debt structure is all wrong now. Yeah. And uh, there there are going to be plenty of limited partners in syndications that lose one hundred percent of their money uh, yeah, and, in the next twelve months. And I'm
1: just going to say it pre-COVID. You and i had an interview and you were calling this back then i was so uh yeah i i think you're spot on um a lot of the forced equity value adds syndications um i don't know i mean and again if, if they do foreclose that's where we come in and, and pick them up right so
0: yeah uh, and that's why i'm buying houses because i'm gonna i mean you you read my book one real at time that was the, that's how our journey started we bought eight houses then the market got expensive for houses, which is exactly what we're talking about today. Then at the peak, when they were unaffordable, we 1031 into apartments because they were down. We're going to do it again, folks. This is it's not rocket science. You just pay attention and, and you kind of execute a strategy. So yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. I think I think busted multifamily is going to be late 21, early 22, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe 2023. So yeah, I'm going to be there. So here's another question for you. I'm tracking millennials. And I think this isn't caught in the media yet. Right. A lot of people still talk baby boomers because they were the gorilla generation for a long time. Millennials passed them. Uh, millennials have historically, um, because of whatever reason, uh, they don't want to be committed. They don't want to be locked down. They want flexibility. They were debt burdened from college, whatever it is. They're starting to buy homes. And, uh, you know, millennials are in their 30s now. Um, so I'm guessing that millennials will be a market maker for the next five to 10 years in affordable single family homes. And I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing.
1: Yeah, so uh, in my book, I, I talk all about the importance of following the migration patterns of millennials. Uh, they're, I think you just mentioned it, they're, the population of millennials is now bigger than the boomers.
0: Yep.
1: Right, so, uh, and I, um, I built a home about a year ago and, and where I live in this development uh, it's around 85% of millennials. Now I'm, I'm, a, I'm the first year millennials. So I'm like the, uh, which I don't know. I'm, there's like the, like the newer millennials. And then there's like my generation that recalls not having internet. So, um, <laughs> you know, well, I guess recalls not having like, you know, pre 95 windows. Yeah, recall those days. So, you know, where we actually played outside like back. Of- <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I think that is exactly what we're seeing. Um, And these millennials want the unique housing designs that have an off suite for a guest bedroom for their mom or dad that didn't save so well, or they want an off suite for their remote office work or whatever.
0: Um,
1: So it's interesting because not only are you seeing the demand come from that segment, you're seeing that segment now dictate what products developers such as myself and others have to build to attract the buyer the, the quintessential ranch three, two um, may not have the same allure in 10, 15 years. And this is what I, I, I tell my clients too. It's not just about picking the right markets to invest in. It's about picking the right product within the markets, mm. right? So like Florida, for example, you probably wouldn't buy a four or five bedroom home to, as a rental because yeah. boomers want a small condo, two bedrooms, one, two baths, and that's it. So product specific within the, within the, in that market. And I think that's the same across the nation. So Um, millennials are definitely driving that trend from what I'm seeing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the last question I have for you, and again, it's a big one for me as I'm still in California is is how long does the California exit last? Right. Higher taxes, uh, you know, uh, less services coming, homelessness. I mean, San Francisco is, I'm predicting San Francisco goes back. It's going to be like the eighties where you just don't go there.
1: Yeah. Um, This is what we do know is that when crime increases to the point that it is, it takes a long time for that to shift back like decades. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I read a report um, pre the most recent lockdown of Gavin um, uh, has, that he did and they were estimating to recover the GDP loss from his, you know, uh, doofus style yeah. policies. Um, yeah. It would take around 15 years. Right? <gasps> yeah. And that's, that, that was the shutdown that lasted I think through July june july yeah and um,
0: he's doing it again or he's done it again
1: he's done he's done it again and, and if, look it, and not to get political here right I'm, I'm in the middle um whatever uh, but if you look at new zealand you look at australia and taiwan when they locked down they did it very, they didn't march april and it worked because yeah. it was a very forceful way of doing it we were way too late to the game um at this point it's we're far too gone Um, and, and by the way biden's upcoming lockdown four to six weeks um, that's a three to four trillion dollar upfront hit to the economy. Yeah. And, and the lasting impact of that, of that might be up to $10 trillion, which is about half of the overall economy. So when you think about the implications of a lockdown, if everyone does do it and it works, great. But if it doesn't work and we've lost half the economy for a year, think about the impact to all the all the you know, microeconomies and real estate that, that that would have. And so
0: yeah. So, so let me stop you right there. So you, you're in the camp that you think Biden's going to come in and actually do a four to six week lockdown. You think he's going to do that?
1: His chief of staff has already um, is, it has pushed hard for it. I, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, we know it worked in other countries. It just... Yeah,
0: I don't see it. Happen. We, are, we, we had a shot. Uh, our economy now is so crippled that if we did it again, uh, yeah. it would be depression era stuff
1: i think it would i think we're we're it's 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 like the 11th round in a boxing match and our legs are out yeah um and we have a chance to maintain but yeah i don't i don't think yeah
0: it can't it can't happen and we're so close to the vaccines it can't happen we may we may pull in el paso or some local stuff where you just go hey guys stay home uh but it we i'm no no chance no chance oh my god no chance so
1: yeah and so i'll just circle back to california it's like well i Everyone, I talk. I mean, here's the thing if you go on YouTube, it's almost cool to leave California now. Yeah, like, you true. look at Joe Rogan, look at Stephen Graham, look at, you know, um, Ben Shapiro, all these guys. Um, uh, I think even Bill Maher's leaving. I mean, they're there. It's, it's cool to say, I'm leaving California to go to Boise or to go to Austin or Denver or whatever city it is.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. And again, I live, I'm in the tech industry. I mean, there are tech CEOs that are leaving, right? There's just the latest one, Box CEO said, I'm out of here. Right, a lot, and and again, a lot of that's because California has proven they're, you know, Gavin. Again, I, he's the only politician I can smash because I I think he's a liar and two faced son of a gun. Yes. Um, but he he's he's already said he's going to come out and tax the rich, no. and and that doesn't work, folks. If you tax the rich who have financially flexible, they'll leave. <laughs> they'll go somewhere else
1: yeah well it's it's, it's one thing to tax everyone and then you know and then put it into education and healthcare and your infrastructure and all that it's, a, it's another thing to tax like california does and funnel it into the higher wages of the, the administrations
0: yeah exactly and you know yeah it's just nuts so I, i'm curious those are kind of questions i had about 2021 uh when you look out in the future you think about your business you think about your students uh, any kind of questions you want to throw my way
1: um yes yeah, so you're I mean, you've, you've been doing this about a decade longer than I have from what I know. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, for everyone out there, I mean, how are you, you know, we all have our portfolio strategies, you know, yep. how, to, how to play risk in a portfolio, how to prepare for the, up, the upside. Mm-hmm. What are you doing right now in your portfolio?
0: Yeah, right now I am, I am based, I'm pretty hyper-focused single family. Uh, you know, if I, my outline of my strategy now is single family through 2023, not even looking at multifamily unless a busted apartment came my way because I'm going to add single family, especially affordable units. I think the frustrated landlords give up, right? They clean up and sell, which lowers supply. I think there's less and less inventory. I think the the home buyer tax credit comes. I think they're going to double section eight. So I see a, a very unique opportunity in affordable quality rentals where demand will go up and supply will go down. So I could get an artificial bump in rents. So I mean, yeah. you know, my, my, like an, a, a nice three, two in my area, probably rents for 1350. I think two years from now, that could be 1700. Yeah. And if you have a debt structure with 3% interest, you know, that's an extra $400 cash flow quickly. So I'm buying single family homes, certainly through 2023. And just like in my book, when houses get up and again, let's do the math, right? That's another thing these idiots are talking about is hey 2020 price is same as 2008 crash must happen no you freaking idiots the interest rate in 2008 was six and a half the interest yeah. rate today is two and a half it's not even close to comparison right. so the, so in my book you know I talk about the affordability index so right now Fresno is a 48 and I'm not nervous until it gets to 20 so I've done some rough math so if if the median today is 365. It has to get to almost 465 before it's mm-hmm. unaffordable. So very. So I think it takes years. I will sell everything I own if it got to a medium of 465, right? Because yeah. that's just proven historically to be the trough, right, or the peak. Uh, so I'm going to buy hand over fist. I mean, that's a 35, 40 percent increase. I'm buying houses. I am buying houses right
1: now. So, but and so on that um, if I, I work. Part of what I do is I, I get capital from investors, and then I help my teams that do turnkey uh, build outs with that, you know, capital they they expand their operations, yada yada. My turnkey teams are seeing a few things. They're seeing newbie investors go to auctions, you know, overbid properties, yeah. not know what they're doing. So we're seeing a lot of that, um, but they're also just seeing a not just a, a shortage of supply of deals on the market in terms of MLS but deals on, on the off market. So wholesaling, yeah. auctions, foreclosures, they're, they're just seeing a substantial shortage on that as, um, as well. Are you seeing that from your experience as well?
0: I am. Oh, absolutely. I haven't got a wholesale. I mean, everything, every wholesale deal I've had since February, I closed one early February uh, that was decent, I've been overpriced. It's, it's, it's lack of supply everywhere. That was really my question earlier. I asked you, when does inventory sh- show up? And this is what's going to happen in my prediction is I believe we lost an entire year of the move up buyer, right? The move up buyer, generally speaking, is the largest transaction, right? Cause they buy or they sell and they buy, right? There's two mm-hmm. transactions with them. They stopped this year. Uh, what I think is gonna happen in April, probably by April, is we're gonna see two years worth of supply come on the market. Now, what that does as an investor is it when you have a wave of supply, Uh, you have quality differences. And that's where I'm going to come in is I'm going to be able to buy the stuff that's not up to snuff, not in the best area Um, because the owner occupants are still going to dominate the nicest stuff. Uh, But I'm going to be able to buy some junk. Um, And oh, by the way, there'll be some stress, right? There'll be some short sales. there will be some of this, some of that. Uh, But yeah, in a market with one month supply, none of my, I can't do anything. I haven't bought a deal since June. And I, I've made 250 offers this year, yeah. so yeah, I mean it's okay. But yeah. I do I think supply is coming. I think it's coming in April.
1: So I I, I think okay. So I I agree with you. Um, but it's 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 dependent upon I think the Senate right, and we will know that on January 5th when Georgia goes to vote for their two Senate seats, uh, mm-hmm. very important seats. If it goes red, which is right now it's a four or five point margin towards the the red, I don't. I, um, that's going to be an interesting situation where you have a Republican Senate. Um, oh, it just means won't...
0: means small stimulus. It means stimulus exactly. below a, below a trillion,
1: right? So, and then I think the I don't think you'll get a, a massive extension on forbearance. Um, but if it's a blue Senate, I'd have to imagine Biden and team extend the forbearance programs uh, substantially. So then that that delays everything probably into you know, like into Q3.
0: Kicks the can, yeah. Yeah, uh, again, it's all for me, it is all about supply. And again, there are going to be some supply that comes out of forbearance and all of that. But again, I'm not in Vegas, I'm not in Orlando, so it won't really impact me. It'll be some at the edges. It's all about the move up buyer. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a month and it came to me like three or four days ago. I'm like, damn it, where's the move up buyer? Right? Because they sell one and they buy another. They're two transactions. Mm -hmm. They were, they're non existent in my market, or I'm not non existent, but they're not really there. And there's, again, there's two years of people. Cause again, right. Everybody wants a nicer home. If you've been in your home 10 years this year to your point earlier, right. It's home Depot. It's let's paint it, Let's do this. But next year the economy opens up unemployment falls. Uh, we get a little stimulus. So the people hurting aren't hurting as much. We start traveling again. We start feeling good. You're gonna be like, okay, honey, let's sell our house. Yep. Let's go move over there to the golf course. Let's go move over there to that new one. And that's just going to, I think there's going to be a massive wave. And I've actually got a prediction. My market today is one month supply. I'm going to guess by June, it's at least two and a half months supply. So two things, first off, two and a half months supply, still a seller's market, still a seller's market, but it's 150% more units than there are today. So, you know, good yeah, and bad.
1: So slower appreciation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. To six.
0: Yeah. You're not having 12 offers within two, You know, two hours. Uh, you know, right. maybe, maybe it's 12 hours, 12 hours in two days. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think is coming. That's, that's what yeah. I'm doing. Single family.
1: Yeah. Here yeah.
0: So any other questions or you want to, you want to wrap this one up?
1: Um, let me ask one last question. So, um, there's like a guy, his name is financial samurai. He's pretty famous. So oh, we yeah. had, I know him a debate on Facebook and he, he provides really good content um, for anyone that's in personal finance, real estate, what, what have you, and usually I'm, I'm I'm aligned with what he says, and so we had this pretty lengthy debate on Facebook about um, he's he was pushing his clients to continue to invest in San Francisco. Oh, and it was like how how careless of an idea. Um, I, I I couldn't figure out his motive behind it, and then I read more into his before I commented. I read more about what he, what he was saying, why he was saying it, and I think there is a move to the west side of San Francisco from downtown and everything, but. Generally it's still just a risky comment and I, you know I don't live there anymore. Um, so I'm curious to know what nuances you know about that market. Um, and, and what are you seeing in that? I,
0: I, I could not in good conscience recommend anyone put a dollar in San Francisco. No. Yes, there are some of the basically what you're seeing in San Francisco today is is where single- family homes are dominant, they're doing okay because you're getting the, the Uber rich who live in the penthouses of the, of the condo towers going, Hey, I want space. And there are some communities where there are single family homes in San Francisco, but um, I could not in good conscience recommend any, I think San Francisco is about to be a lost decade. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, 30% rent drops, 31% in rent drops and it's not over
1: let me, let me uh, send you a, a second fact so when, when you think about what drives tax revenues in economies um, well there's a lot of things but small business is a big piece of that yeah. uh, if you look at the amount of small business small business foreclosures in New York it's around 42 44 percent of them mm-hmm. have failed yep San Francisco' is at 36 percent
0: yeah and getting worse and oh by the way stupid San Francisco leadership you can steal a thousand dollars and not go to jail. So Walgreens oh, yeah. just yeah. closed their, they gave up. There's YouTube videos of people walking in off the street, taking stuff off the shelf into a shopping bag and walking out of the store because the employees can't do anything. Walgreens had enough, they closed the store. Yeah. Small, medium-sized businesses, mom and pop stores can't survive in San Francisco.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, no. And, they,
1: and Let's, again, politics aside, oh, we can yes. all agree that when crime goes up, people leave. That's not a Democrat well, I, It's
0: it's a fact. And oh, by the way, when crime goes up and there's human feces all over the place and you have an app for it, that's not a good thing. And oh, by the way, if you have a tent city outside your million dollar condo and you can't let your kids play on the street, probably not a good thing. San Francisco is in a lost decade. I would not I would not tell my enemy to invest in San Francisco today. Can you make money? Sure. You can make money in any market if you buy right and you hold long enough. Buy right. Hold long enough. Sure. But man, there are easier places to make money today than San Francisco. 100% 100 agree. Yeah. All right, Tom, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, letting me bounce my questions off you. It's always good to talk to another expert. Anytime. You got it, man. Enjoy your day.